the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black and Your Money. Your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Welcome in. Cardinal rule, adjust your microphone before you get on air. Where did that come from? Cardinal rule? The old cardinal rule. Let's see if we got you on microphone now. I think uh, it's a different meaning of the term cardinal. Okay. Yeah, it's one of the like uh, cardinal points of uh, the compass. A cardinal point is like north, south, east, west. I did not know that. Yeah. Okay. But it doesn't have to do with the red bird. Gotcha. Nor does it have to do with a religion? Uh, no, or a guy wearing a red. Okay. Yeah, I'm good red frock. Good to know these things. Um, that's Will Durst, as you can obviously tell. And uh, I'm on the Rob Black Show. Once a year, I allow a, no- a non-financial person in my world. Um, you're my only recurring non-financial guest. Once a year? Once a year. I'm an annual. You're, you're an annual. So, and you're here typically to, you know, plug some of your events, but also to wrap up the year on a political kiss-off kind of basis. It was an interesting year. Okay. Yeah. We'll start there. Don't um, you think it was an interesting year? See, I live in the world of finance. So, everything I see politically, the way you see it, you see it as kind of a, um, not humor, but you see it kind of as like a reflection of society or something. I don't know. I'm not going to put words in your mouth. Everything I see is financial. So, when I see things like... President Barack Obama opening up relationships with Cuba. I'm like, ooh, the cost of baseball players is going to go down. Um, because and Cuba's and GM's going to do really well because they're going to replace all those 1959 Fords. Right. Yeah. So um, down there. there's thoughts like that. And then there's mutual funds, one's called Cuba, that has taken off on an unreasonable basis. You know, this, you know, the mutual fund's up 10% in two days based on, yeah, we're opening up relationships with Cuba, but it's not a mutual fund that's tied to Cuba only. It's tied towards the Caribbean, but it's got a cute little ticker symbol, Cuba. And I look at everything financially, so I'm, I'm not so, really sure. So the market went up 450 points yesterday. Wasn't that amazing? How did that happen? Um, All because, because the Fed said that it's going to keep interest rates low? The very sexy Janet Yellen, who looks kind of like the Pillsbury Doughboy's wife, <laughs> um, and is about as interesting as milk toast. Um yeah, she basically said, you know, there's no inflation, which is a good thing, or or there's low inflation, which is a good thing. Um, 
it's kind of Goldilocksian, and the rest of the world sucks. So what Putin's doing in Europe has got people freaked out. It's slowing down the European economies. And uh, and the Russian economy. And the Russian economy, um, which isn't that big of an economy at this point in time. So um, it's, all, it's all gas and oil, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So and when oil's at 100 bucks a barrel, Putin's a big man, big strong man. When oil's at 60 bucks a barrel, Putin's not so much. So is this not just OPEC? Uh, getting their act together and uh, creating a glut, but are we also punishing Putin? I think it is punishment of Putin. I think it's a stealth policy, but um, on top of that, you know, America's been fracking for the last two or three years pretty heavily, yeah. um, and then the rest of the world slowed down. Um, we're also changing our miles per gallon on gasoline cars, and you know, we're just consuming less. People under 35 typically don't own cars. Um, you know, there it's a ride-sharing relationship now. You've seen in San Francisco, Lyft and Uber. And That'll be fine until they get married, and they want to move to the suburbs because they want a three-bedroom ranch. Then they'll have to have cars. I hear you. So, but at this point in time, a lot of them are still living at mom and dad's house. Right, Brandon? <laughs> Just get it. Or, or in the new high-rise condos in San Francisco. Aren't those amazing? Wow. You I come mean, over the bridge, man, and there's six cranes right there. Boom. Yeah. Six. And, uh, you know, in the suburbs, we say, like, an old lady dies and a family of four moves in. But you look – I drove through San Francisco yesterday because my television station's changing locations. Uh, we're moving to Battery Street, which is uh, – Front Street, which is down by the piers. Are, I was, you, are you moving into KGO or KPIX? KPIX. Uh, okay. It's KGO's old radio station that we're, we moved into. Um, and it's lovely, and it's it's beautiful, and it's bright, and it's – Oh, on Front Street. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it's unlike the crap hole that we were working at on Van Ness, which was right across from the Tenderloin. I was like, ooh, look at high-rises. Look, good-looking people. Um, and you could see the ferry building yes. and the water and yeah. the bridge. Yeah, yeah, it's gorgeous there. So, But you're right. Um, those are micro-apartments that are going in. Um, 400 square feet. Can you imagine living in 400 square feet? Yeah. Some prisoners live in... No, I lived in 400 square feet. Have you lived in 400 square feet? Yeah. When did you do that? I live in... 1,000 square feet right now. Our, our house is 1,050 square feet. Okay. We live in the Sunset District of San Francisco. That is pretty small. Which is uh, kind of, we don't live in the city of San Francisco. We live in the county of San Francisco. Yeah. Which confuses people because San Francisco is a city and county of San Francisco. Shouldn't the Sunset District be called like the cold and foggy district? Yes, yes. You can never see the damn sunset then, from the sunset. Non-sunshine. Might as well be called the Unicorn District. How long have you been there? 30 years. Okay. So you must have got your place for what, like $5? We bought right before the earthquake. Okay. We bought in 89. So we've been in this house 25. But uh, May of 89. And then the earthquake, and that's when property values were their highest and interest rates were incredible. And because I'm a comic... You know, you try writing that down on a mortgage application. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. And so we had to put 20% down. But once they heard that I could put 20% down, they were much more amenable. And then our our uh, realtor just kind of fudged a couple of statistics, you know, what my annual income was, how much I had in the bank, and, and we got a loan. So you're part but of it was, a, it was an adjustable loan. So I think we were paying 14% yeah. for the first couple of years. And as it adjusted lower, you were thrilled. Yes. Mortgage payment check yes. going down. Have you refinanced it? Yes, many times. Okay. Yeah. So, is that your biggest chunk of change? Yeah. Yeah. So, I would think so. It was three twenty-five in eighty-nine. Wow. And then for after a thousand the earthquake, square feet. 
after the earthquake, it dropped, right? Yeah, yeah, for seven years. Yeah, property values. Because everybody ran away. Oh, I can't live here. I get to go back where it's safe, like in Tornado Alley. So they all ran away. Uh, and you're right. And 97 was when we get our equity back. Right. And then 97, 98, 99, 2000, boom. huge boom. And then 2002, of course, boom, back down. Hmm. And then 2006, back up. And then 2008, back down. And then now the Twitter heads are making San Francisco. I have a friend whose son works at Apple, and uh, he got a brand new place on Van Ness. On Van Ness. Okay. 1,200 square feet for $1.2 million. Wow. $1,000 a square feet. Lovely. <laughs> so with that said, I'm speaking with Will Durst. That's me. That's him. Uh, he's got a website, willdurst.com. He's got a big end-of-the-year fat Big year, fat year-end kiss-off kiss comedy show. This is the 22nd one. 22nd one. We're coming near you. And what's the basic idea here? It's you and four or five other comics putting together kind of a touring show? You know what it is? Yes. Uh, New Year's Eve is always uh, uh, the, the creme de la creme for comedy. I mean, you want to be out because you get a great crowd, willing to pay a lot of money. But we hate, there's so much comedy in San Francisco. So we bring the New Year's Eve experience to to you. We're doing nine different cities, Livermore, Walnut Creek, Berkeley, Alameda, uh, Novato, yeah, Mill Valley, Half Moon Bay. And uh, so we're so we're doing uh, all Martinez. We're doing Martinez for the first time this year. We're doing nine cities, uh, ten shows, six comics from December twenty sixth through January third. Uh, so we're coming to you. You can sign up for the event or find out more Buy about tickets. the event. Yeah, Wilders dot com. That's d u r s t dot com. It's Wilders dot com. He comes in every year and he talks political stories with me. It kind of wraps up the whole year. It's kind of a, a nice break to say the least. Com. We'll take a break here. We'll be right back. Why don't you go back and sit? Putting on the ribs. Putting on the ribs. Putting on the ribs. Putting on the ribs. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, <laughs> money investing, and more. S- sitting with Will Durst, one of my favorite people, fantastic comedian. Um, we were talking about during the break, you know, getting older. And I've known Will since the late 80s, early 90s. Mm-hmm. You're a comedian with some staying power, which is tough. Yeah, they actually did a, a movie about us. What was this movie? It's called uh, Three Still Standing, and it's making the it's going around the... Uh, festival circuit right now and hasn't been uh, picked up by a distributor yet we're looking for one but it's about three comics okay. who started out in the early 80s okay. you know when the comedy boom hit and uh, we didn't become famous but we're still doing it and we didn't move to la that's pretty much uh you know i mean a, a lot of different things happened to us 
But the the one consistent thing that binds us together is we didn't move to L.A. And, and the, it's me, uh, Johnny Steele, and uh, Larry Bubbles Brown. And the movie has uh, interviews with the comics who did make it, who did move to L.A. I mean, there's Robin is in it, and Paula Poundstone, and Rob Schneider, 3steelstanding.com. What's interesting about that is um, you basically have to go to L.A. to further your career. Yeah. Same thing with me. In financial media, you know, I have an agent, and I'm like, okay, I've got a pretty good gig at Cron. If you could find me something better, I'll take it. And she Would says, "Would you move?" No, that's the thing. I won't. I won't go to Sacramento, and I won't go to L.A. I just, it's not my thing. So I'm like, find me something wow. better. Can Can CNN do a show from San Francisco? No. I'm like, okay, I guess I'm stuck here in San Francisco. Yeah, the the thing that you can do, what's that? Is you can move to L.A. and then become so rich and famous that you can move back to San Francisco and they'll follow you because they want you so bad. Yeah. That's what Robin did. That's what Robin did. Okay. Speaking of Robin, you're talking Robin Williams, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. So that has to be this, one of the stories of the year in comedy. That's uh, a sad story. story. He was the number one Google search or some sort of search this year. Yeah. After his death. Yeah. Well, my, my wife, Debbie, who is a comedian as well, she's an improviser. She, she actually worked with Robin. You know, when he was just starting out in the city. Uh, so she knew him when he was the funniest guy in the room before he was the funniest guy on the planet. You know, So I was always Debbie's husband. You know, I was never, oh, Mr. Durst. Oh, and that was about it. And then she and he would go over and, you know, talk about the old days and stuff. Yeah, it's, his death has to be, from my perspective, it's a reflection of, you know, everything that's wrong with the Internet. People wanted to see pictures. People wanted to talk about it on Twitter. People wanted to disclose the news. And uh, the amount of tweets that went out about how sad they were. Yeah. Celebrities jumping on the bandwagon, yeah. like who you'd never hear from. It was obviously a very moving and um, powerful story. So many factors too. Also, every comedian in the country had a picture of them with Robin Williams. So on Facebook, everybody changed their picture status, and that that. That has to do with who Robin was. You know, Chris Mullen was famously a gym rat. You know, he would always hang out. Robin was a club rat. I mean, he would show up at, when he was doing a movie in North Carolina. At at night, he would he would go to Charlie Goodnight's in Raleigh, and he would he would do a couple of sets at night, no matter where. He would find a, a comedy club, and he always got his picture taken with every comedian. Every comedian in the world had a picture taken with Robin. One of the most gracious. Gentle, generous, giving, yeah. Do you typically find that with comedians? No, no. And it's funny because, you know, he was the guy, it turns out, that had a little bit of depression. And we didn't know because he hit it so well. And most comics are, and I hate to say, uh, most comics have a little touch of Asperger's disease, you know, where they're not good in social situations. But... But but alone on stage, they can do it. You know, I mean, they summon all the forces that they need and and the courage. But uh, they're shy. A lot of comics are shy. Now there's a lot of comics who who just gravitate towards the stage because they just have big personalities. You know, and they have big personalities with their family, with their friends in class. You know, so it's all different. But. Yeah. Which were you? Were you more on the shy type? I was. Still am. Yeah. Well, part of that has to do with the fact that I was always the new kid. My parents moved around, baby boomers, new school systems. I went to 12 different schools 
before I graduated from high school. So I was always a new kid. I lived in 16 places by the time I was 18. Yeah, so you know what I'm talking about. Military brat. Yeah. So you we were always a new kid, but you were with other military brats, so at least they understood it. It was kind of nice for me, because anytime you had made a mistake, it was wiped away the following yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. You could change it, yeah. So, like, if, for instance, you crapped your pants in school, <laughs> no one knows that it's robbed the crapper. Uh, <laughs> you know, that story's gone the following year. It's kind of Have funny. intercourse with one duck. <laughs> careful here. <laughs> careful. <laughs> I got a suspended for a day for using uh, the Lord's name in vain here. Uh, so, uh, just throwing it out there. And I was doing a character... Which was even the worst part about it. It wasn't like I said GD intentionally to say it. Um, but the character yeah. was intrinsic. It, yeah, I, one of the things I hate in the world of finance is how much garbage product is sold to people who are farmers in the middle of the country. Like, ah, and then the character was like, GD, I want me some of that Twitter kind of thing. Not knowing what Twitter is. You're on a tractor all day long. And yeah, I got suspended for that. Yes, well, you should have. And here's the best part about it. My boss wrote it down what I said at the time, and he wouldn't dare say it to me. Oh. He slid the note across the table to me, and I was like, yep, I said that. And he's like, i got to take you off the air for a day. So, anyway, not all about me. You've got some big shows coming up to close out the oh. end of the year. <laughs> and you're going to come see one of them this year. Yeah. Um, let's see, which one am I going to come to? Where's Martinez? Why do uh, I not know that? East Bay. Across the street from Benicia. Did he say street or straight? Straight. Yeah. Yeah. Straight. <laughs> no one can hear him. That's the best part about that. Oh, oh so. yeah, yeah. It's across the street. Or I thought he said across the street from Benicia, and I kind of like that. You know? Why not San Francisco on this list? A lot of comedy in San Francisco. Oh, that's fair. Yeah. New Year's Eve. Oh, man. You have so many choices. Are you starting late this year? December 26th. I thought you started. No, late. we always start December 26th. Sometimes we do a preview week. Okay. Yeah. I think we remember last year's. Yeah, yeah. 23rd. That's so. right. You're going from uh, December 26th in Livermore, December 27th in Walnut Creek, December 28th in Berkeley, 29th in Novato, 30th in Martinez, 31st couple shows in San Jose, uh, 1st of January, Mill Valley, 2nd of January, Half Moon Bay, 3rd in Alameda. You can find out more information at willdurst.com. That's willdurst.com. He brings a whole troupe. Is this like more improv? Is it more stand-up comedy? Which way does it skew? It skits sketches and stand-up. So uh, we'll do a sketch about Uber. Okay. And uh, and then, because uh, Johnny Steele's in the show, he'll do stand-up. I'll do stand-up, based on the year. Um, uh, Deb and Mike will do improv, based on the year. And then we have, we're doing um, voice messages, you know. Oh, nice. Uh, answering machine messages in between uh, the, you know, two acts. We'll do an offstage mic, like Bill Cosby's answering machine. <laughs> oh, we got that to come up back to Never take a drink from Bill. (laughs) That's my advice. It's pudding. We're going to take a break here. We'll be right back. You can find out more about his shows coming up at willdurst.com.
Welcome back in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. Sitting down with friend, comedian, Will Durst. Very funny man. I always enjoy his approach. We've got a guy at the station who's a kind of a fan of yours. Ah. It's like kind of a crazy fan of yours. Like he Uh-oh. quotes you. I can't quote him. Quotes so me? He quotes you. Like he's, he's on your Facebook. And he, you're pretty active with your social media. Uh, I go through spurts. Okay. Yeah. So, so much going on these days because we're trying to promote uh, various gigs and stuff. So I haven't been. But I usually, what I try to do with Facebook and Twitter and who do you do and blah, blah, is I try to put out two pieces of content for every plug that I throw in there. Okay. Because I don't want to be too plug heavy. So I, I actually worry about, you know, the ratio if it's, you know. And everybody, I know that I'm involved, like, um, we used to do a morning show, me and the mayor, uh, Willie Brown. Right. It was called the Will and Willie Show. So we do a podcast once in a while. So the guy who produces it said, I want you to promote it. You know, we're doing a podcast, and I want you to promote But I, I can't do that to my people. I can't just keep hitting them over the head with, with the stuff. So I worry about that. I'm, I know you're not going to say anything negative, but what was Willie Brown, or what is Willie Brown like? He is so smooth. Yeah, my joke about Willie is uh, he's the only politician I know can enter a revolving door behind you and come out first. And the thing that I love about Willie is that he will not lie. Yeah. He will tell you the truth or he will just turn away and not answer you. I mean, but he won't. And and he never put anything in the email because that's a paper trail. Right. So everything smart. is a phone message. Yeah, he's never done email. Yeah, very yeah. smart. There's a company that Mark Cuban invested in called Cyberdust, which basically you get the email and then it disappears. Kind of like Snapchat, where you can send a naughty yeah, picture yeah. and it disappears. Yeah, yeah. Same thing with an email. And uh, what recently happened to Sony, Act of War, not an Act of War. Uh, Fox News is calling it an Act of War. It's, uh, it's, it was a movie, man. Dude, settle down. It's a movie. I mean, really? Seriously? And Sony caving and, in and the government not helping and... You know, keep in mind the North Koreans do movies all the time where they blow up America. So they've got propaganda movies where they're blowing up San Francisco. And, like, of course, no one sees it except for people inside of North Korea. But North Koreans must think the world's gone because they're such a powerful nation. Um, It's going to be interesting to see how that regime plays out. And this is going to embolden them, wouldn't it? Yeah, it it pays. If you don't like something, hack it. Yeah, yeah. And Everybody else can do it, too. You know, Vietnam can do it. Uh, Russia can do it. The Ukraine can do it. Very quickly, our president and our Congress is going to have to come up with some sort of guidelines of what is an act of war and what's not. Because they did $200 million damage to Sony. And that's kind of like taking out a building in New York. Same same concept, in my opinion. So, anyway, we're same not going to get... economic loss, too. We're not going to get too serious. And poor Seth this. Rogen and uh, James Franco. I'm not feeling bad for Seth Rogen. <laughs> Why not? Um, and maybe my producer can get this on YouTube. Seth Rogen, there's a laugh track. Uh, basically, Seth Rogen laughing. Um, he's just got this great stoner laugh. <laughs> and it's authentic. It doesn't oh, it's sound terrible. forced. It's it doesn't awesome. sound forced. But nothing's you... worse than a forced laugh. Okay, I've worked my butt off. I've probably done some things that are unspeakable. There's probably some bodies that are to be found. And I make it a good career. The dude smokes a lot of dope. And he's got a fantastic career. He's famous for smoking dope. 
I would kill for that job. But um, uh, you're speaking about Willie Brown. We got off the topic. What do you think about the death of Marion Barry this year? Greatest mayor of all time, Washington, D.C. <laughs> mayor for life. Could have been, yeah. I used to live in Washington, D.C. when he had his kind of run on terror. So he was fantastic. He, yeah, where, where they, he, was, uh, he was pulled out of office, and then he ran again, and they put him back in. The city just, he decided to give him another crack at it. It's another crack at it. So, and then that goes to the Toronto mayor, too. What's up with mayors and crack cocaine? My favorite thing about Rob Ford was he said he did it. Uh, he, yes, he smoked crack. It was probably during, and I quote, one of my drunken stupors. <laughs> <laughs> stupors, plural. <laughs> with that said, he's still kind of electable. People it's, love him. It's Toronto. I guess yeah. they like they like the fact that he was down to earth, and then he became, you know, he became a, a little bit too much of a. Uh, shall we say, a burden to the city as as its self-image. When, but he ran down and he knocked that lady over. I think that was the final straw. It'll be fun, like I said, to watch this play out, um, whether it's North Korea or whether it's Rob Ford, whether it's politics, whether it's uh, Mayor Barry finally dying. Uh, he was the mayor for life and got caught in a hotel room with a prostitute smoking crack cocaine on camera. And as he's being arrested, he goes, the BITC. Set me up. And that was off the news for like 10 days in a row. The, the, yeah, that the word. Witch, the witch set me up. Yeah. The witch set me up. Um, what part of set up is there? Like, you know, was it the prostitute set up? Was it the crack cocaine? <laughs> he never answered that. Was it cheating on your wife? Which part Yeah. Which part was the, was the, the, the bait? But anyway, big fat year in Kiss Off Comedy Show. 12 shows? No, no, no. Ten shows. Ten shows, nine days. Yeah. And two shows on New Year's Eve in San Jose. So the San Jose, the stage company. This is a good time for it. It's a, yeah, yeah. Yeah, this is a good time for comedy. I mean, it was, uh, uh, I mean, it was ISIS and Ebola and and Malaysian airliners and torture and and there was so much this year. And and so, yeah, it's, uh, it's good to laugh at. Let's, let's talk about torture for a second. Well, let's... All right. Um, Dick Cheney. Story broke that Dick Cheney was the only one who knew about the torture in the CIA. George Bush wasn't involved the first four years. Cheney's now denied that. Um, does that scare you a little bit? Like, the way the news... The way the CIA is operating, it doesn't seem to be uniform. It doesn't seem to be involved with the you know the uh, parts of government that it should be involved with. It seems to be an isolated entity. You know what scares me is that we all thought that Cheney was running things and that Bush was like a, a hand puppet, you know. And it turns out it, we might have been really close to right uh, that it, Cheney might have been running things. I mean, when you say it, oh, you know, Bush is just a puppet. He's just, uh, you know, Cheney's controlling everything. I mean, when you think of it, Bush put Cheney in charge of the vice presidential search committee, and then he ended up with the gig. Yeah, I looked around. Uh, best guy for the job is me. <laughs> you, you, so you, might have been what happened. And then Bush stood up to him second term, and Cheney was all ticked off uh, about it. You, know? you do kind of miss him, don't you, George W.? Well, Obama is so uh, earnest, and it's hard. It's hard to mock earnest. You know, it's it's like kicking a puppy, especially since he's he's. He he doesn't know how to move the intransigence of the Republicans, and he hasn't figured out a way 
and you know the Republicans were, were going to do this. Whoever won, you know, it wasn't him. And the fact that he was a black guy just happened to work into some other racist strategy that pulled a lot more people who might have been on the fence into their camp. So, yeah. and uh, and Obama, you know, Obama leadership skills. It's like say George W. Bush think tank. One of the things that I thought about Obama's presidency was, and it's starting to wrap up at this point in time. Yeah, he's a lame duck. He's, he's very much a lame duck. And it seems like he, Beyond really, lame duck. he kind of got caught between like the powerful Democrats and the powerful Republicans. And they just kind of pushed him around, it seems. like He had a great agenda. He had some great ideas. He really was trying to unify American change. Remember that change thing that was you know, voted into basically yeah, yeah. a mandate? Nothing really happened. Well, so, you know, you, when uh, day one, when you have Mitch McConnell, who was a Senate minority leader at the time, saying our number one goal is to deny him a second term, which meant that he couldn't have any victories. I mean, he, he proposed legislation that originated in Republican think tanks that Republicans uh, previously had advocated, and he, and he went along, and they, 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 went, they voted against that stuff that came out of their own so yeah he had i mean they weren't going to negotiate with him they just developed this new strategy which was they had fox news and the echo chamber and and uh, they just they were able to you know poor baby and he wasn't he wasn't like lbj you know he wasn't like uh where he knew where all the bodies were buried and stuff so he couldn't he, he had no recourse now's a good time to stop and kind of remind everyone that you're a political comedian is that fair to say? Yes. So your content's not going to skew towards fat chicks or fart jokes. <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> Which, for the record, is kind of where my head is right now. It's um, I'm always going to be an eight-year-old boy. Always going to be an eight-year-old boy. You'll come up with a top ten list. Arrested, arrested development. I think uh, that's know, what we're talking about. I, I never watched the show. No? I've heard wonderful things. But I only have so much time in my life. I don't watch sitcoms. Okay. Because I, I live in comedy, you know, and I know, and I know a lot of the guys who are on the shows, or writing, or or showrunners. But I don't watch sitcoms. One sitcom I did watch was the one on HBO about Silicon Valley. Oh, did you? Yeah, that was pretty good. I think that's called Silicon Valley. I think it is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mike Judge. Yeah, yeah. I've got a great Mike Judge story that I'm gonna tell you off air. Oh, good. You I can't. No, yeah. Involves, I, involves a prostitute. No, it doesn't involve a prostitute. I'm just teasing everyone. <laughs> just, just teasing everyone. And then we're going to come back with the, the top ten comedic news stories. And you're doing something at the end of the year. What's it called? And where can we find Wild Big about Fat Year End Kiss Off Comedy Show. Nine cities, ten shows. December 26th through January 3rd. Go to willdurst.com for more. Thanks very much. We'll take a break. We'll be right back.
I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. I did tell the Mike Judge story off air. How was it, Will? Was it was it pretty good? It was it was uh, it was uh, I think more illuminating about you than about uh, Mike. Judge. Okay, then we stop right there. <laughs> <laughs> it was nice having you in the studio. <laughs> um, yeah, I can't tell that one on air. No, no. So, top ten comedic news stories of 2014. Every year, you basically put together a list. And it could be a top 20 list. I mean, I see stories in here that, that aren't in here that should yeah, be in there. Yeah. Well, what do you got? Um, as far as things that might be missing? Yes. I, Putin's in here, but he's in here tied towards the Winter Olympics. But, but you got to remember yeah. that the top 10 comedic okay. news stories of 2014 are different than the top 10 legitimate news stories of 2014. Well, I think the, the most fascinating story of Putin this year, like in John Stewart said it best, it's, it's weird that we can see a world leader's nipples. <laughs> like, so there's a picture of Vladimir Putin on a horse, topless, so thus he could see his... Yes, his, his bare his, chest, his, his manly chest. chest, yes. And isn't John Stewart, right? Yeah, you never see a, a world leader's nipples. Yeah, yeah. Probably for good reason. Melina McCurry, actually. Who's that? Uh, she was a... a a, a Greek movie actress who okay. was in the Greek parliament for for a long time. But, you know, same thing with uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Because Schwarzenegger, you know, he was naked in a lot of, uh, naked from the waist up at least. Yeah. But, but And he was, uh, you know, a world leader. He was he was uh, the head of the uh, world's eighth largest economy. You know. We got to see his butt cheeks in Terminator. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. that's worthy of note. Or a stand-in. You remember he was a serial groper? I don't know if you know that, but um, like in his body building movie that came out in the 1970s or early 80s. Pumping Iron. Pumping Iron. He was like, <laughs> he, he, he couldn't keep his hands to himself. So, and that translates or that transfers the story into Bill Cosby. Yeah, not a funny. One, that, one of yours. Funny. That, I know. I know. The two comedians, one depression and he kills himself and the other uh, just uh, managed to destroy his career. And it's funny because... Have you met him? I shook hands with him once. That was it. I have a book with his signature in it. Did he ever try to give you a drink? No. Do or you, a pudding. Do you believe any of this? Or you, See, I'm at the point where I don't have enough... There's just not enough for me. Um, I'm damned if I do. Like, hey, this story's true. I'm damned if I don't. Like, Why are you <sighs> ignoring it? Yeah. It's it, To me, it just it's so sensationalized and... If we can get some charges out of it, then I'm a little bit more. It's, it's sexual assault, you know, yeah. and that's that's a that's a tough one. And when the number goes over twenty women, uh, perhaps including some some who seem to have a little bit of veracity, you know, a little bit of uh, yeah. So I I don't I don't know. It's a it's a shame that we you know people are taking down the Cosby Show and, and canceling. Uh, tour dates and uh so i mean we're losing an icon but it might be for the best if another person doesn't do it for fear of having this happen that could be a good thing it's a, it's a wild story because in america we've become guilty first anything will stick after charge um yeah. if it's on twitter if it's on facebook it must be true and uh i'm not defending them i'm not i'm it just it's he, he to be taken down that fast and that with that much spunk, it's pretty crazy. 
Um, and my advice was always like, just go away. If I'm him, I'm not getting on camera ever again. No, go to a rehab camp as everybody else does and get, get out of the news for two weeks. So your top 10 comedic news stories of 2014. Yeah, he's not in it. No, no. Kim Kardashian's butt could be in it. What did you think of that? The picture. She was so proud of her butt. She had she had her butt front and center. Yeah. And she was looking over her shoulder and her face was, look at my butt. <laughs> she was so proud. I thought it was a very funny shot. Um, and there was a, she put a champagne glass on it. <laughs> and she was pouring champagne over her shoulder into a champagne glass. Ah, I haven't seen that one. Yet. Oh, that's a good one. There's some pictures that some memes. It became a meme. Yeah. There's like 17 of them out there. Uh, various and what's interesting is two years ago on a reality show she's crying about how someone took a picture of her topless and now she's just proudly flaunting it. Yeah. So I don't get it. And this guy over here, the producer, he thinks she's attractive. He thinks that that butt is attractive. I'm thinking it's a little bit too big. It could take out a city. It's like the Godzilla remake against Kim Kardashian's butt. Right? Her, she could swing her butt and knock Godzilla over. <laughs> you and I have to get drunk, high, mood-altering substances, something from San Francisco, and write a movie script. <laughs> Kim Kardashian's butt. <laughs> okay, we're not here for that. Um, you know the torture story. I never got to this, but I always thought that was kind of interesting. Um, the thing that came out in the torturing, where we paid two psychiatrists, $80 million to come up with torturing techniques, and they came up with rectal feeding. And I instantly went, I like it. <laughs> I like it. But, but is, is there nutritional value? Chewing is so much work. <laughs> <laughs> oh, these guys copyrighted it. <laughs> oh, well. Rectal feeding. From the men who brought you rectal feeding. <laughs> I can see General Mills coming out with a cereal. <laughs> When you really don't have time to chill. <laughs> okay, uh, we got less than a minute. Let's plug your... Uh... <laughs> now that we've said uh, rectal feeding, uh, yeah. we can't go any lower. Yeah, let's segue into my little uh, my little show, the Big Fat Year End Kiss Off Comedy Show. Come to uh, spend New Year's Eve. San Jose Stage Company. Two shows. One early, early. 7 o'clock and one at 10, which will traditionally end at New Year's. So go to wilders.com. Yeah, it's Nine Cities, Ten Shows, December 26th through January 3rd. Great way to end the year with a little relaxation, a little humor, a little laughter, as you can see. I'm using some of that myself. Take a break. <laughs> we'll be right back. Views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. 
irreverent. We're ready. The Wall Street Business Network presents Rob Black and Your Money, your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finances, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800 516 1220. So call in, we'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now, to start your day with the latest news and market commentary, here's Rob Black on the Wall Street Business Network. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Anything that you want to talk about, we could talk about. Got the one and the only Will Durst with me today, That's sitting me. in I'm right the here. studio. Right across the table from him. Let's see, I want to get a little more audio. There we go. Is ah. that me? Yeah. With that said, who is Will Durst? And we're on business radio. Which makes no sense. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Doing jokes on business radio. Not really jokes. I'm not much of People think I'm funny, but... You're rye. I, I really You're think... You're fly, rye, and, and uh, sly. I really think rectal feeding sounds delicious. <laughs> like... I just don't have a good internal editor, and they're like, you're funny. See, then I say you're funny, and then you just go right back to the rectal feeding joke. Absolutely. Yeah. So tell us who you are. Give us give the audience an update. Me? Yes. I'm a comic who has patched together a bit of a comedy quilt. I write a column once a week. This week, it's going to be on Jeb Bush jumping back into the race. Is that not fantastic? Which is wonderful for me. Bush versus Clinton going. No, I can bring back all my 1992 material. It's with recycling and nostalgia at the same time. But he seems to be brighter than his brother, George W. He does. And that's going to make it tough for you. Or it's going to make it tougher. But then you get the whole no, because Ken- the, the Kennedy tie-in. Well, the Bush fatigue. And you know they're taking polls. Yeah. They're conducting polls. How, how do you feel about a Bush dynasty? To me, and again, this is just me slipping back into being honest and not funny guy, it, it makes no sense. It seems like America wanted him out, George W., by the time the eighth year came around, they was like, that's enough. But they're gearing up for Jeb Bush. Yeah. Are the Republicans that, are they missing it, or are they on to something? I, that's where I, I like, I'm not politically very smart. My political IQ is very, very low. It depends on what kind of rarefied air that they hang in. Okay. You know, I mean, they don't they don't go home. I mean, they all represent, you know, the home district and, uh, the, you know, but they they pretty much hang with each other. And that's and so they can talk each other into anything, including uh, Je- uh, Je- America is ready for Jeb Bush again. And there are some people out there who, you know, will say, uh, I don't care. You know, they're all liars. What difference does it make? You know, there are some people who believe that. And there are some people who say never, ever, 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 ever again. You know, read my lips. No new bushes. Uh, so I mean, it's it's. But the the Democrats don't have a. You know, they only have one leg to stand on because they're going to be running someone from the Clinton dynasty. So you got the the Bush dynasty and the Clinton dynasty. So I've got a friend in Portland, Oregon, and I flew up there. And to the lovely 503 area code. He took me to a gentleman's club because he wanted to show me something. It was a one-legged stripper. <laughs> so you were just said, you said, 
One leg to stand on. I have one leg to stand on. And I'm thinking the whole time, this was the most horrific night of my life. <laughs> I didn't need to see it. I can't unsee it. But And that's sad. That's the, that's the pathetic nature of men. He wanted to show it to me because he knew it would blow my mind. And it has to this day. How long ago was this? Mm, about 14 years ago. <laughs> and see, I don't even like gentlemen's clubs. Because to me, the thrill is in the chase. And there's there's no chase there. So, I don't like them because I'm looking at their eyes. Okay. And their eyes are lying to me. That's all that is coming through with the eyes. Now, how did and, this get back on Congress? Ah. Ah. Not Congress, the Republicans and the Democrats. Yeah. The individual parties. How did we jump from strippers back to look at the eyes of congressmen? Prostitutes. There you go. Speaking of Nancy Pelosi. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, this is a good chance I'm this is my last show. I say that every year here. You're here. I'm like, hey, it's come November, I'm like, hey, I went Will Durst, I miss him. And then I'm like, we kick it out the jams. <laughs> They're all jams. With that said, it was a it was a fun year. There was some stories. Rob Ford in Toronto, obviously. Rob Ford admitted that he smoked crack, and his approval rating went up. And in France. Uh, Francois Hollande, the president, he yeah. admitted having an affair with a French movie star, and his approval rating sh- shot up. So I hope Obama is paying attention, because what he needs is a video of him naked smoking crack with Lindsay Lohan to go viral. Oh, Lindsay Lohan. Yeah. I love train wrecks. I would, well, she, supposedly she got her career back. We'll see. On track. Yeah. She's, She's only 27. Only 27, but she looks 52. Oh, yeah. She's kind of leathery. Yeah, <laughs> rode hard and put up wet. <laughs> she got some car tracks on her stomach. I got to be careful where I sell when I say it. What I don't say. Can we please change the topic to something less controversial, like maybe Donald Sterling? <laughs> Donald Sterling. Uh, uh, he's he was one of the top ten stories. That's how we're segueing into this, of of, uh, of because it was it was so outlandish yeah. what he, what he had done. I mean. Uh, He's an NBA owner, and that he tells his girlfriend not to hang out with black guys. And dude, you know, I mean, uh, and he got a lifetime ban from the NBA. So a lot of people are hoping he lives to be 110. With that said, bad activity. He's a bad person. He he takes white people into the locker room and says, "Look at my black players." He has white parties where he's the only one who dresses in black. Um, and he gets $2 billion for leaving and going away. Yeah, and it looked like the the people who bought it overpaid by a billion dollars. Who does that? Why would you overpay by a billion dollars? You know who, ba- who bought him, right? A guy from Microsoft. Steve Ballmer? Yeah. So he was like the number two guy behind Bill Gates for a long time? I keep hearing this. That there's always a number two guy behind Bill Gates. Wasn't okay. Paul Allen the number two guy behind Paul, Bill Gates? That's fair. Yeah. So, so maybe he's the number two and a half or number three. <laughs> but but it's like we're always getting Al-Qaeda. We're always assassinating the number two guy. Did you ever notice that? We always get Al-Qaeda's number two guy. And obviously a new number two is always jumping in. Yeah, we'll get to ISIS in a second. Not a funny story, but a big story of the year. Okay. Um, but as far as Bomber goes, buying, he's going to get a billion dollars in tax breaks. 
Like because he overpaid by a billion? No, because there's loopholes, and if you give enough people jobs, you get tax credits and things along those lines. But couldn't he given them one point one billion, which is what the team is currently worth? I is there a probably worth statement that's that's fair? I mean, you are worth what you're worth. If people are willing to give you twenty thousand dollars for a show, you'll take it. That's right. Even though your typical fee is what ten? What's a typical fee? Uh, you don't have to say. Between we'll talk off air, but okay. it's everything is negotiable. Gotcha. Got about a minute. You want to plug your shows? Yes. You're going to be in ten cities. Uh, no, nine, nine, nine cities. Nine ten cities. Nights. Every ten night between uh, the day after Christmas and the Saturday after uh, New Year's Day. So we start the 26th in Livermore at the Lawrence at the at the Bankhead Theater, which is a lovely space. And then uh, Walnut the, Creek. A Walnut Creek at uh, the Dean Lesher. And then uh, Berkeley, we're going to be in a beautiful, the Freight and Salvage, right downtown Berkeley. And then Nevado at the Hot Monk and Martinez. And then New Year's Eve, we're going to be at the lovely stage company, San Jose, right downtown. And then Mill Valley on New Year's Day. And then we'll be in Half Moon Bay on Friday the 2nd. And on Saturday the 3rd at the Rhythmics Cultural Works in Alameda. On the exotic isle off the west coast of Oakland. You can find out more about these shows, comedy shows, at willdurst.com. It's D-U-R-S-T dot com. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Sitting here with Will Durstey. He's an award-winning, nationally acclaimed political comic. Did you write that? No. That, that sounds like something you would write. No, someone else. What did you, what are you nationally acclaimed for? Did you? I won, I won uh, an award for, I was Cabaret Gold Performer of the Year. I was. What the uh, hell is that? Cabaret Gold? Uh, Cabaret Gold Awards. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it was singers and comics and stuff. Okay, and then I was uh, I was a winner of the San Francisco Comedy Competition in 1947, and uh, it was a good year. It was a good year, and I have uh, a newspaper column that goes out once a week that's syndicated. Okay, there's some nationally acclaimed there by Kegel, and I had two TV shows that were national shows on PBS. I've been fired by PBS twice and the San Francisco Examiner three times. A lot of people don't understand PBS as a commercial entity. It looked like it's not PBS doesn't. Yeah, it's all about the money with them. I had a show on PBS. You know how I got it? <coughs> Came to the table with a lot of money. So, um, was I deserving of a show on PBS? No. The reason I got it was because I came to the table with a lot of money. I figured out an angle from the 2000 financial crisis where companies like WorldCom ruined investors, so they, were, they had to pay damages, and that went to states, and states had the ability to fund projects for literacy on financials. And I was like, I went to a state and I said, hey, can I have some money? And, the and they said, yeah. Yeah. And then I, I said, I'll do this with PBS. And See, I'm nationally acclaimed. I just don't go around telling people I'm nationally acclaimed. I have to. Because yeah. you're, you're financially uh, independent. 
Whereas I I have to constantly flack myself, my talents, and I have to tell people how good I am. So they come see me. But then once they come see me, I reinforce what I've already said. So I do not promise more than I give. That's I have good value in terms of financial investment. What's the worst gig you've ever done? Like, have you ever had to do a bar mitzvah that you were like, this is beneath me? Oh, beneath me? No. No. Stripper uh, convention? It's enjoyed. Uh, you know, what I did was uh, there was a gig that was mo- it was the first night of the new gig. Okay. And they were going to do a weekly series. And the people at at the bar were trying to protect their turf. They would go in there and they would drink. And they didn't want comedy. They didn't want stand-up comedy every Thursday night. So they actively uh, kind of uh, turned their backs on the comedy. It was It was one of those gigs where you didn't need the luxury of time to look back and laugh. You could laugh right while you while it was going on. There was a there was a, a dress code that was, you know, sharpied onto a paper plate and the paper plate was taped to the door. Yeah. And it had like seven or eight, you know, number one number six was all knives must be sheathed. <laughs> and sheath was spelled with three E's. Nice. It's not spelled with three E's? <laughs> I ask about horrible gigs because I've done some speaking performances in Berkeley. Oh, what's your worst? Oh, um, I'm going to have to fix, take some time to think. Well, it, probably, maybe it's Berkeley. Um, there was once where I provided wine and cheese, and one person went on to get trashed. Um, <laughs> trashed? Berkeley? Trashed. How was, quick can you drink wine, free wine? I know, right. How can you get how, Who gets trashed on wine in the first place? Um, I get a nice buzz off wine, but not trashed. Um, there was once in Berkeley, uh, that right next to me was a room of, of preachers. There were like, um, sometimes churches will rent hotel rooms Yeah, yeah. and they'll do kind of like a, a quick church there on Sunday. And I just do a speaking gig on Sunday. So a guy from my crowd, one of the nuts who loves money and finances, which imagine that for a second, what my fans look like, like women that I'm with never are jealous. Cause like, I know what your fans look like. <laughs> There's not a lot. There's not a lot of hot groupies in the financial media world. Um. Anyway, he came from my event, went over to the church while they're doing their thing, and said, "Can y'all please shut up? I'm trying to listen to Rob Black." And he used my name. The thing that gets me is I get recognized. That's hysterical. Yeah, I know, right? Into a but church. But also, also the fantasy of the hot business groupie. You know, I mean, you know, showing up the sultry with the, you know, the huge heels and a red dress that's mid thigh, and and she comes in. I need some financial advice. I had a woman, and I probably shouldn't tell this story. <laughs> Fourteen years ago, I moved to San Francisco. Fifteen years ago. I knew I would dig it out. She's pushing fifty-five, sixty, huh? and she's like, mm-hmm. "I'll leave my husband." practice tantric sex and i was like get away from me you're creeping me out oh i just hurt myself my ribs just popped out of place but i forgot about her until you brought it up oh i'm sorry it's an older woman she's twice my age i'm i'm shallow i admit i'm not going for an older woman i'm that's me i have problems with berkeley as well yeah doing jokes there is it because they don't have a sense of humor or they can't laugh both my 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 problems are Orange County, okay, and and Berkeley because it's the true believers. These are the people who drank the Kool Aid, and they can't see the laugh on either side. You know? Right. 
Yeah. That makes sense. So why I, are you doing a show at Berkeley then? Uh, old hippies. Old hippies. Yeah, I love old hippies. Uh, I am an old hippie. You know. you know, I hate old hippies. Nothing sadder than an old hippie. Nothing. You all sold out in the nineties. You had these like nineteen sixties peace love. They had kids. Make love, not they had war. Kids. Not they, me. They had kids. Yeah. No, I didn't have kids. They're I mean, idealistic. They were all worried. They were all worried about the kids. And now I hate them because they're they're sapping the system. They're all using Medicare now, Medi-Cal, and Social Security. Not only Security. that, but they're, they're living organically, so they're going to last a lot longer. They're going to suck on the, the company teat a lot longer. And don't even get me started on Prop 13, and you damn hippies who... Your, your property tax is probably one twentieth of mine, and we probably have a home valued about the same. Well, I, don't, I bet you got more square footage. Not by much. So I got 1,600 square feet, so I got... 600 more square feet than you. <laughs> you get 60% more square footage than I do. Brother flew out from uh, the East Coast this year, and he's like, how much did you pay for this home? <laughs> he's, like, you buy, he's like, you could buy four of these. You could buy a subdivision in Sheboygan. That's right. Yeah. Where's Sheboygan, by the way? On the Lake, uh, Lake Michigan, okay. on the East, east uh, Coast of Wisconsin. A serious interview question. Did you grow up in the Wisconsin? Michigan? Wisconsin, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Packer fan or Detroit fan? There's, oh. a right, there's, a right, there's a right answer. No, Packer fan. Good answer. Yeah. Good answer. No, no. I mean, the lake will you know separate Packer fans from Lion fans. So the quarterback of the Packers is a guy named Aaron Rodgers. He's dating... Um, Who's Olivia from Cal? Berkeley, yeah, yeah. Correct. He's dating a woman named Olivia Munn. And if she were to come up to me and say that she practices tantric sex... It would be a different response than the woman who came up to me. You wouldn't pop a rib. <laughs> you okay there? I'm okay. I'm okay. <laughs> you want to plug your shows coming up? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, actually, we'll do skits and sketches. There'll be actual punchlines and everything. At the Big Fat Year-End Kiss-Off Comedy Show, it's December 26th through January 3rd. Coming to a city near you. Find out. It's Will Durst and Johnny Steele and Deb and Mike and Arthur Gauss and Mari Magaloni. Uh, just a, a lot of fun. Go to wildurst.com. And the shows run from Livermore to Walnut Creek to Berkeley, Nevada, Martinez, San Jose, Mill Valley, Half Moon Bay, December 26th through the 2nd. You can find out more information at wildurst.com. Black talking all things financial, but not today. I've got funny man Will Durst in studio talking about the end of the year, some of the stories of the year. You brought this up in the first hour. We were talking about how much San Francisco has changed in the last few years. You've been in San Francisco for many, many, many years. Many years. So you've seen the dot com boom and bust part one. And yeah, yeah. And now we're in social media boom. Uh, and that too will bust at some point in time. It'll check out as not cool. Um, I, don't, I wonder what's going to happen though. I mean, what's it going to morph to? I think media control companies will get some control back, is my guess. Because Facebook has audience, but if they don't have content, 
that's going to be a problem. But they're using a lot of user-generated content, which has to drive people like you who create content crazy. Uh, because suddenly anyone can have a political show, anyone can have a comedy show, uh, views on YouTube, you've never heard of them. Um, they're little girls who talk fashion, and they're, big, they're bigger stars than Kim Kardashian. They're bigger stars than Bill Cosby in his heyday. Um, they're bigger stars than, you know, uh, who do we have right now who's a big star? Angelina Jolie. Right. She's Jennifer a, Aniston. Jennifer, exactly. Yeah. So kids on YouTube, I've got a cousin who's probably 13, 14. He will sit on my couch for five straight hours watching YouTube. Doesn't care about the television. Watches YouTube for five straight hours. And knows what to watch. And knows what to watch. And you and I just look at it as like, oh, there's a lot of videos there. And if you search for my names... You know what destroyed me? Last night I was searching myself because this is what I do. You Googled yourself? On YouTube. I YouTube myself. <laughs> and um, my YouTube channel is called Rob Black Show. Right. My Twitter handle is Rob Black Show. And so I did that. And the porn producer, Rob Black right, right. from L.A., he basically called his show Rob Black Show. And because porn shows up higher in search results than, <laughs> say, financial media... <laughs> It's tough to find me. People know me. That is true. People do know me. I'm very important. I am very, very important. Do not mock me. (laughs) Or you will not get a bunt cake. Is his name on one of those bunt cakes? Let's let's keep the surprise. All right. So I buy people bunt cakes, Chris. Brandon, I didn't I didn't see your name. I got to be honest, but I only saw two of them, and there's two more now. So so you get a fifty-fifty shot. So, we were talking um, <laughs> about San Francisco, and you brought up Uber, and I was trying to, I, I've been wanting to circle back to this. What beef, or how are you going to put Uber into a comedy show between December 26th and January 2nd? Oh, we're, oh, oh somebody jumps into the Uber. Car? Uh, yeah, Uber car, and can't go anywhere. Okay. Because the city's closed. Why is the city closed? Well, downtown is closed because of Oracle. Okay. So you can't get anywhere. And uh, South of Market is closed uh, because of uh, critical mass. And the park is closed because uh, of a police action, flash mob. So the person doesn't go anywhere. They go down to the sea. The seals at Pier 39. Kind of sad and pathetic. When I moved to the Bay Area 15 years ago, I was talking to my radio producer. I was doing the show out of my house in Washington, D.C. And he's like, what do you want to do when you get here? Because I was visiting a lot. I said, I'd like to see the seals. I was totally kidding. He took me to see the seals. Most overrated site in San Francisco. I don't know. I think it's cool. I think they smell bad. <laughs> I think it's so cool that for no apparent reason, and it's not as it just happened and the seals decided it. I love the fact that the seals decided to show up there and take over those piers because they used to be on the rock. You know, when I first moved to town, Seal Rock out okay. by the Cliff House, and that's where they hung. And it wasn't. And I used to work at Pier Thirty Nine. I was a busboy. I got fired for a vague attitude on Christmas Eve, and uh, and then about twenty years ago, the seals just took over this pier. I think that is so cool. I think we should term it Occupy Pier, <laughs> and I think we should force them out. I think we should taser them. Um, there is no free space in San Francisco, and we need to build there. Don't tase me, bro. Don't tase me, bro. Now, 
how can you do that so fast? <laughs> Is it because you get power naps in? <laughs> My producer pulled that. And you and I are just having a conversation. We didn't tell him it was coming. No. That's pretty good. He's good. He is good. He deserves a bun cake. Yeah. You're going to have to change one of those names. It's 130% true. So, big, fat year in Kiss Off Comedy Show. You do this. Is this... uh, This is the 22nd annual. 22nd annual. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, it started out that we did New Year's Eve. We just did New Year's Eve. Then one year... Uh, New Year's happened on a Sunday, so we had a Friday, Saturday. So then we did Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then we just kept going. And then we decided, well, as long as we're doing the, you know, twenty ninth, thirty eighth, thirty first, let's start on the twenty sixth. You promised now me it's, this. You now promised it's to all the way to the third. You promised me this isn't lame because I find New Year's Eve entertainment lame. I've had exes say, "Let's go see this comedian. Let's go see this uh, guy who does impressions. Guys who do impressions, not a good night." Not a good night on New Year's Eve. You Frank like Caliendo? Um, was it Frank? Frank? Cal- no, it wasn't. It was it was in Tahoe, and he was like you know one of those uh, Reno performers of the year, not Vegas performer of the year. Reno. <laughs> That's so sad. <laughs> it's sad. <laughs> and you find yourself the Winnemucca performer of the year. And you know I've done New Year's Eve in Times Square. Like that is exciting. Is it? Oh yeah. Um, Were you on the on the ground? I was on the ground. Yeah. So it's just a lot of people, exciting. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of, I, ha- a lot of happy people. No, no good with crowds. Yeah. Yeah. I was young. Yeah. You can, you can do that when you're young. Yeah, young and impressionable. Yeah, yeah. So. And then the ball came down, and it's New York. You're in the yeah. center of the universe. It is, and it's a great city to yeah. visit. So not a great city to live, but a great city to visit. Great city to live for one year. So, and you never had any, tr- in the, any interest in New York? I, I lived there for about uh, four months. Okay. I had a little show there, a little one-man show off-Broadway. And it was called the All American Sport of Bipartisan Bashing. Okay. And I'm hoping to take my new little one man show there next year. It's called Boomer Raging from LSD to OMG. And I'm doing it. Been doing it for a couple of years. And okay. it's the generic show about uh, getting old. Because I, I wrote all these shows about politics. And, and I had this great show called Elect to Laugh. And I think I gave you the CD last year. But uh, it was all about the 2012 election. And then on November 7, 2012, the day after the election, it evaporated. Nobody gave a rat's ass about Rick Santorum or Rick Perry or Rick Gingrich or any other Ricks that were running. So, Ricks. So, yeah. So I wrote I wrote the show about being a baby boomer. You know. And how are you going to get that to New York? Are you, are you... I have a friend who's a producer. Okay. And I have to, you know, he's going he's gonna to give me a two-week tryout in June. I used to love living in New York like I said, for like a year, because you could find all sorts of entertainment. It's the only city in the world where if you want to see an alligator in a pink tutu, <laughs> you can. It's He's appearing that night somewhere. <laughs> but what's horrible about it, you know, 700 other people are going to be there too. So it's everyone wants content there, and there's so many people. Like, it's it's a tough city. So, Do you remember about 15 years ago when the web first started getting hot? Maybe 20 years ago. Okay. Uh, and uh, this bogus valedictory speech, no, commencement address by Kurt Vonnegut was going around the web. Right. And it, it turned out it wasn't Kurt Vonnegut. It was some other, somebody from Indianapolis, a female columnist. But she wrote this. And in the commencement address, you know, we're telling kids what to do after they graduate. And one, one of the lines was, spend a year in New York City 
but not too long. Spend, spend time, live in New York City, but not too long, or you'll get hard. And the next line was, live in Northern California, but not too long, or you'll get soft. And that's, and I always thought that was so true, because, you know, New York, in order to, you, you just got to drive and ambition, and you get out, outwit, and outsmart, and outlast, and outplay the next guy. And in, in Northern California, not so much. Yeah. That's, I think it's true. Yeah. So, um. But you don't have any desire to move to L.A. No. I mean, you could have a big-time network show if you moved to L.A. Mm -hmm. Why? Why won't you go down to L.A. or New York? I save it for the douches of the world. (laughs) To be quite honest with you. (laughs) Tony Robbins. (laughs) Susie Orman. I can do a whole list of you. (sighs) Kiyosaki. Um, Robert Kiyosaki. I don't know. I just, I, I. Did a show. Um, I met with um, CAA, Creative Artists, um, fantastic agency. They had an idea, and they wanted me to scream. And I'm like, I'm just not going to scream. I just refused to scream. So they had a whole show written out for me that I'd come into your life and go, well, what are you doing? Why is all your money in your house? You know, Why don't you have money in the stock market? The stock market's up 200% in five years. What are you doing? And they wanted me to like up it another level of screaming. And they I'm, wanted to Kramerize you? Yeah. Yeah, and I was like, I just won't do that. I won't be the, I won't be the monkey. I'll be a satirical Generation X guy. And I, I don't even know the definition of satirical, so maybe that makes me a hipster. But, uh, or a poser, as my good friend. No, 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 but you should be what you are. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, like... You're good at what you do. I spoke at a Visa Women's Conference. A Visa and, Women's Conference. And I, I forgot the word Women's Conference. I just thought it was a Visa Conference. And I start with, like, you know, how many of you women have $400 shoes? And they'd raise their hands. I'm like, you're all financially retarded. And uh, I said, men, men, we look from here up to spend money on a necklace or earrings. You and, didn't. Yeah, I did. And I was like, then it dawned on me with just, I'm almost getting depressed. Because I was like, oh, my God, they want me to talk, like, politically correct. <laughs> Some Girl Scouts came out after me. Uh, Michael Phelps' mom was there. She said, my kid has a heart of a champion. I'm like, he doesn't have a heart of a champion. He threw him in the water for 12,000 hours. He's flipper. <laughs> He's flipper. And and you see his hands? How long his arms are? We have to boogie here. Will Durst has got some comedy shows coming up. Ten shows in nine cities, December 26th through the 2nd. You can sign up for the events and find out about the events at willdurst.com. Thanks for having me. I'm sitting with Will Durst. That's me. You can find him online at Will, which is obviously W-I-L-L, last name Durst with a U, D-U-R-S-T dot com. He's got a string of comedy shows coming up, nine cities, ten shows, December 26th through January 3rd. Everyone loves to laugh. I highly endorse and highly push. Get out and relax and have a good laugh this holiday season. Close out the year. Close out the year. I don't laugh. Uh, You could clearly tell that I'm done with doing business stories for the year. (laughs) Well, not much happens between now and the end of the year. We get the Santa Claus rally. Is that what's going on right now? This is the coolest thing about having a producer. (laughs) You could try it, too. 
jeez. Uh, uh, it, it's great. It's great being here in uh, Fremont. Mm, not no? so much. No. Don't lead it. Watch I'm, this. I'm looking forward to going back during rush hour traffic. Um, that would be like a gift from Santa. <laughs> I see. You actually have to say Santa. Oh, okay. Watch what happens when you say Sue Zorman. What happens when I say Sue Zorman? <laughs> it's the PBS cash cow. This is the best part. So one of my good friends is Mr. T. He comes on and gives financial advice about gold. And I'll say, I'm not going to shut up. I'm going to let you do the talking, Mr. T. That's right, Jack. And then I say, Mr. T, are you going to go see the new Star Wars movies with Chewbacca? Are you crazy? Chewbacca, what do you think about that? So, you can do. I could do this all day. Wow, you have a little skit with yourself. No, I could do it all day. <laughs> <laughs> True. What's True the best, what's the best part that. about that is I got Obama on my side. It's always good. <laughs> Mr. T. How'd you get Mr. T on your side? I love Mr. T. Um, Mr. T cereals. I love it when a plan go, comes together. I always found Mr. T to be fascinating because he's a, he's a character, maybe? Or is that really is that guy really that guy 24 hours a day, seven days a week? Because, like, you have to deal with some of this um, in what you do, the um, comedy world. Like, is Emu, was his name Emu Phillips? Emo. Emo Phillips. Not Emu. Is he really that character all the time? Probably not. Organically. Organically, what's that mean? That means that there's a, there's a seed of that character. Okay. In him, that's that's him. Okay. That, that is him. But it's it's you know a distilled version of him. But he is he's quite mad, and he's a he's a great guy. Okay. I know him from. He started out in Chicago. He once same did time a, I did. He once did a joke, and you said the '80s were like the power time for comedy. He once did a joke that stuck in my head that he said, "I went to England, and I got caught. I got put in prison for Tory statue rape." So, and you're like, who comes up with Tory statue rape? But Tory's political parties, like, you could steal that, because obviously you've got that political lean. My sister says hi, so thank God for speech therapy. (laughs) (laughs) See, I guess we both like him. Yeah, I'm a big fan. Really? Yeah. And he was married to someone, uh, another famous comedian. Not married, but they were were, uh, going together. Is that usually a guy? Judy Tenuta. That's right. Judy Tenuta. And I asked him one time why he split up from Judy Tenuta. And he said, she's too weird for me. (laughs) So he really keeps that character going? That's really him. Wow. That's really, not as much. You know, I mean, you can have a real conversation. Where do old comedians go to die that they don't? They don't. That's the secret. They don't. You still have an act. Because old comedians get better. You know, it's like. Like blues guys, old blues guys, you know? I mean, they know more tricks, and they've been around, and, and they're semi-sober now. <laughs> That's no so fun. They, yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, the same thing, comics get better. As uh, The thing is, we're such a youth culture now, which is why I had to move to theaters, because okay. I can't do the comedy clubs, because everybody, the average age of a comedy club is 18 to 35. Yeah. That's who goes to the club, and they want to see their own generation represented on stage so they want to see comics you know who are their age i come out you know why is this bitter old man lecturing me you know so 
It's interesting because I think you're absolutely right. Um, you know Jake Johansson, right? Yeah, yeah. He was always my favorite. And he was kind of right my age. Um, and I never put it together until he just said that we want to see our own generation. Because like, I look at like Carlos and Sia, and I'm like, eh, too young for me. Um, and I don't say too young for me. I just go, eh. I don't relate. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, anyone out there in the world of comedy that you think uh, up and coming that's going to be something special, or you don't even see that? Somebody on the cover of uh, yesterday's Chronicle, you know, they do the 96 Hours, the the little entertainment magazine on Thursdays. That's an awesome publication. Uh, I, I, I'm a big fan. But uh, Moshi Kasher from uh, San Francisco, now he's living in L.A., very funny. Uh, w. Kamau Bell, who had his own show on FX uh, okay. for quite a while. Very funny. Very smart. Nato Green in San Francisco also does political comedy. Uh, also very funny. There's there's a lot of kids out there. But I still think that the funniest human in America right now is a guy from San Francisco who now lives in L.A. named Greg Proops. I okay. don't know if you know Greg. I've had Greg on the show before. Greg yeah, is once. very funny. Yeah, very, very funny. funny. Yeah. Uh, and I think he grew up in Bay San Bay. Carlos. Yeah, that's right. We talked about that. Yeah, yeah. So, and Dana Carvey also from San Carlos. Cappuccino High. So, yeah. all funny people from San Carlos. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Me. What are the odds? <laughs> the triumvirate. Uh, it's so funny. I, I want to be kind of famous and loved and beloved and all that good stuff. But then in reality, I don't. People give me the stink eye. They kind of recognize me. I'm like, what are you looking at? <laughs> like, I don't want that. I don't want the trimmings that come with being known. So Yeah, but uh, they're asking you for advice. I mean, you're like a doctor to them. You know, everybody come, me, I'm a comic. They just want to hear jokes. And I just want to say rectal feeding one last time. <laughs> <laughs> That's going on the list. That's, I'm revamping this list. December 26th in Livermore. You can find Will Durst. Berkeley, December 28th, December 29th, Novato, uh, December 30th, Martinez, December 31st, San Jose, two shows, Mill Valley on January 1st, Half Moon Bay, January 2nd, Wilders.com, any last three Thank you, points. buddy. Uh, have, have great holidays. Thank you, too. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.